Hey everyone, Nicholas here. This is just a brief snippet from this week's Patreon episode. If you like what you hear, you can unlock this and every other Patreon episode for just $5 a month. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash furidashi for that and more. When Final Fantasy was being developed, it wasn't sort of like conjured from out of thin air. There were other things that the devs were looking to as models and as inspiration for like what this thing is going to be. And the reason why I emphasize that is because one of the points that we ended on in our free episode is that one of the things that actually is pretty consistent across the Final Fantasy games is that they're actually kind of in direct conversation with and looking at other contemporaneous games to kind of understand where Final Fantasy is going to fit into that sort of like that universe of where RPGs are. And so even though Dragon Quest had at that point like just come out in Japan and sort of established for the first time that there was a market for these games, because prior to Dragon Quest, it was assumed within the Japanese uh, games industry that RPGs just wouldn't sell in Japan, which sounds ridiculous now, considering how popular RPGs are there. But there was a time in the mid 80s when they're like, nah, no one's going to buy an RPG. That's ridiculous. So where these devs are looking is actually interestingly enough to Western game companies, particularly to two games, uh, even though there are others that like have sort of like minor touches that they draw from. But Ultima and wizardry those two series from ultima final fantasy is essentially getting its conception of the overworld and from uh wizardry it's getting sort of its basic ui design and also sort of like its narrative structure for dungeon crawling and things like that and so it's both so it's taking from these other two like fairly well established uh, computer rpg series in the west and the thing that Final Fantasy is really adding to that is its own particular take on combat mechanics. And that is where this sort of like tactical RPG system comes from. Believe it or not, that whole arrangement of like there is a bad dude or a collection of bad dudes in the upper uh, left hand corner. And in the upper right, you have your party of four. And on the bottom, you have a bunch of information. Final Fantasy invented that. Now, they didn't necessarily invent the UI for that. The sort of like the the sort of the frame structure that they used is a direct like lift from the Wizardry series. But what's interesting is that the different perspective that these original Final Fantasy games are presenting to you. Because if you look at the Wizardry series, if you look at Dragon Quest, in fact, both of those series give you a sort of crude first-person perspective. So then the idea is that you have this sort of like yeah, you have the single point perspective as you know, you're looking through a dungeon as you're moving around. When you're fighting enemies, they're centered in the screen and it says if you are looking at them directly. Um, the Pokemon series then also used something similar to this when it was created. But here we have the sense of like, you see the total play space. You see the enemy, you see your own characters, you have their help. Like you have this array of information rather than a particular character perspective that you're that you're looking at things through. And the reason why this is important is because that is that tactical feel. That is where that sort of that turn based tactical RPG feel, the vibe, if you will, comes from. It comes from that 
way of thinking about how combat works and the way in which combat is then sort of like segmented off from these overworld mechanics where you know you're walking around you're talking to people in villages and so forth like those exist in two distinct realms precisely because they require two fundamentally different conceptions of how like the play space has to be organized and that is really what this first epoch represents it's a way of thinking um how should i put this Whereas a lot of like text-based adventures and like RPGs in the West are very much centered on like the individual hero, the individual perspective. Like I am, I am the center of the world. I am the master of the universe. I am like growing. My character progression is synonymous with me coming, becoming the person who can defeat the biggest, baddest boss in the whole world. Whereas what Final Fantasy is doing, and this is something that has remained more or less consistent across the series is this idea of kind of like you are a band you are a group and the way in which it emphasizes the groupiness of the group is actually by not centering any one particular perspective and you literally see that in that combat screen like it's right there and you're constantly being presented with it so you always know that that's the kind of game you're playing and i really want to emphasize that point Nicholas is making where he talks about on the user interface screen, the user experience that they are not centering any one individual on that screen because Final Fantasy is a game that's genre is about multiple people's perspectives, not just in combat, but on the situation, right, of the story at large. That was one of the primary arguments people were having as dissatisfaction towards 16 is that would Final Fantasy be able to tell a multi-perspective story if they didn't have, right, multiple party members, which I just think is... As a narrative designer, <laughs> it really warms my heart. <laughs> completely right, like see right when we talk about a thoroughfare, right, or a thorough thread, right, through a, yeah. a game series. That's what we're talking about. It's not actually necessarily the uh, not just the story. It's quite physically the unrecognition, or maybe just like you know, uh, not being aware enough to know that it was straight down into the UI, right? Yeah. And I think that it's recognizing right that. When we look at character progression in more of our, say, Western RPGs, we actually can see this in the literary tradition as well, which I want to also talk about, is that for us, the literary tradition of really a lot of the novels coming in the 80s and in the 90s, particularly in hard science fiction uh, and just in general, like the American novel, if you think of the great American novel and very heavy skirt quotes, um, but in general, in, in a lot of American media, it's all a coming of age story. It's about someone growing up, right? Catcher in the Rye, right? Uh, Jack Kerouac going through the world. Like I have all these old male references, right? Yeah. But even like really good coming of age stories, like even Harry Potter, right? That's the Western world. It's a coming of age story, right? Yeah. Young American, like a young adult fiction, right? Whether it's in America or in the West is coming of age. And the way a character or a single individual progresses and comes of age to find their place in society. But in, you know, interestingly enough, right? In in Japan, in this like particularly Final Fantasy specifically, because I am not as well-versed in Japanese literature as as Nicholas is, while they also have coming-of-age stories, the Final Fantasy series, right, is about everyone, right, already having a place, or you could say, right, a job in society, and then figuring out how do those jobs best work together for the greater good. Now, this is 
very much just Final Fantasy. This is not a critique or an understanding or fundamental right um, critique on all Japanese literature because that would be literally the stupidest thing I could ever do, having majored a little bit in Japanese literature, <laughs> right? But what I'm saying is here in Final Fantasy, just to compare it, right, to say to say other right games coming out of the West for the single character, right? Yeah. Um, even Ultima, right, was also a single. I mean, you were the character, right? Yeah, but there, there is there. Ultima is so weird. Yeah. I just wanted to end on that note, right? Is that while we not only see it in the UX/UI design, we also actually see it in the storytelling. But that once again, right, it's in the culture, right, of our yeah. our games as well. And this is kind of also in the era before I would say video games were a popular medium of entertainment, right? This is the '90s. Phones finally became cell phones, particularly. I'm sorry, uh, finally became a real thing, right? Say they've had phones for a while at that point. No, no, no they never had phones until the 90s, right? But like people were still on Nokia's. Do, do, do people even listening to us know what a Nokia is? I'm I do. kidding. You, 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 please. Some, some people probably do. No, please, everyone know what a Nokia is. Um, <laughs> anyway, right? This is when flip phones didn't have screens, all right, everyone, because now we have the Samsung Fold. Anyway, 